0: Welcome to the Film Find, your greatest source for superhero movie discussion. That's my other show. These are superheroes in a way, but this is a bonus episode, and I'm recording a lot of podcasts today, so get off my back. I don't care, and I'm doing one take. I don't give a shit. I'm go... You know, fuck it. Uh, So, uh, as as you can put together by uh, the music here, uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a special episode now. uh, There was a new... uh, hold, Hold on. Hold on. Something's weird. There we go. All right. Something... Fuck it. When you're not looking at the board and you do whatever. Anyways, so, <laughs> fuck it. I'm not doing anything over again. I don't do that. Uh, so, welcome to the show, Justin Mullis. Justin has, was on the show uh, a while back here when we reviewed uh, Godzilla. And uh, so, welcome back, sir
1: nice to be back thanks
0: for having me oh my god sorry you had to be amongst all this awful just like really me trying to start the show and it just becoming a giant clusterfuck i've been at work all day now it's gonna be coming into this and you know what i don't i don't do second takes fuck that who needs that you know uh but yeah so we're here we're gonna do like this is a bonus episode we're gonna talk about the power rangers short that came out earlier this week and uh this is a very divisive trailer man so there's a lot of stuff that goes on and uh we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about this Uh, what are the ramifications of this Um, what does it say about Power Rangers in and of itself Uh, there are Power Rangers fans that love this thing there hate this thing Uh, I'm kind of in the middle and I'll talk about my kind of history with this stuff as well Uh, but Justin you are like a huge Power Ranger fan yes
1: yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty big fan. So, I mean, people who listened to your previous episode that I was on where we talked about Godzilla, you know, they might remember. I mean, I'm a big fan of Japanese science fiction. I'm a big fan of their special effects stuff, which is which is called tokusatsu. And, and Power Rangers falls into that in this sort of interesting way. I think, I think if you're listening to this episode and you know something about Power Rangers, you know, I think most people know Power Rangers is based off of a Japanese series. That Japanese series is called Super Sentai. You know, and I mean, I'm I'm the right age. You know, I'm, I'm 27. I grew up with Power Rangers, you know, the original series. I, I watched it for a long time up until, you know, the, the early 2000s. I think like Ninja Storm was one of the last series that I watched. And then I fell out of it for a little while. And then about like 2009, um, when, uh, when uh, news came out that Disney was going to drop the franchise and it looked like Power Rangers was going to be going away, for good, um, which of course didn't happen. So Bond picked it back up, the, the company that originally produced it and has kept it going up to today. But ar- around that time, I got kind of reinterested in the franchise, what was going on with it. And I got interested in the Japanese series that inspired it and I started watching a lot of those. And, you know, I've, I've kept, a, a but I've kept a foot, you know, kind of in in Power Rangers itself and like followed it and what's going on with it. And yeah, people, people generally know me you know, along with Godzilla as being like a big Power Rangers fan. So, you know, I mean, I got memorabilia, I got, you know, DVDs, I've got all that kind of stuff. I got t-shirts, you know, and I, I can, I can, you know, quote Power Rangers to your chapter and verse. So I am very, I'm a, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a fairly neophyte.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess I watched it enough. I'm a little older, so I'm 33. So I was just, I was probably slightly older than the demographic when the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers hit air. I was still watching. My brother was a bigger fan than I was, but even he wasn't like, you know, he was never a hardcore kid by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, it's one of those things where it was on in the afternoon after, you know, whatever you would normally, watch for Animatics or whatever the hell it was. Um, yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. But, you know, it was fun enough for what it was. I mean, I never really... It seemed like a lot of those things do the kind of same Ultraman type stuff where it's, you know, look, you're sacrificing a lot here. It's kind of a cheesy story, and whatever. It's built on a very low budget for, for kids. I mean, let's be honest. It's, yeah. This is a thing that is built specifically for children. So I was mm-hmm. a little bit older than that. So, I mean, but never really disliked it, but never really was a hardcore fan by any means. Uh, so that's kind of like the history there. Um, so Tuesday. Uh, now, did anyone really know this was coming? or is this just was it just kind of like a boom drop on everybody? Did anybody see this coming for
1: a while? From what I understand and this was something I had to go back and dig into a little bit because it was this was a total surprise for me. I had no idea. This just kind of suddenly showed up and I was I was completely taken off guard by it uh personally. Um and I think a lot of people uh in the even in the fandom were, but upon doing some digging, um one of the main uh, fan sites for, for Power Rangers fan is a place called um, Ranger Crew and uh, Ranger Crew on their forums um, did have a thread going back quite a little while where there had been some rumors circulating that there was some sort of Power Rangers fan film in the work that had some decent amount of money being thrown at it. Uh, that Katie Stackoff may or may not have been involved. Apparently, uh, Jason David Frank, the actor who played Tommy in multiple seasons of Power Rangers, he was really the Green Ranger, then the White Ranger, then the Red Ranger, et cetera, et cetera, was approached at one point about being in this and and turned it down. So there was some idea. I don't think anybody, though, knew that it was something of this, this scale, a full 14 minutes of such high production quality. Um, you know, who exactly was involved with it. Um, and I don't think anybody knew when exactly it was coming out. It was kind of, again, like you said, it was, it was kind of a bomb that was dropped on people.
0: Yeah. It was one of those things in like, you know, I saw the headline for it and everything. And it was just like, you know, gritty Power Rangers, uh, you know, kind of, I guess people are throwing around the word reboot. Obviously it's not that, but, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, or reimagining, if you will. Uh, and you know, at first, the first headline, I was just like, ah, you know, who gives a shit? I don't really want to, you know, who, who, you know, Power Rangers. Uh, somebody made a shitty fan film, whatever. And you know, of yeah, course, and that was my first thought. And of too. course, the better, the better, you know, curiosity got the better of me, and so I, you know, at my lunch break, I was just like, all right, we'll take a look at this. So I watched it. And, and you're right that was the big thing is I was blown away by this short and how much they really put to it this is not your kind of general fan made thing which by and large can be you know, fairly crappy I mean and it's not for lack of trying it's not for lack of passion for the subject it's just that these folks don't really have a lot of you know bread to throw around at something uh, and these and, and we see you know people that we recognize in this and that's another big thing with fan films is that you know it's normally just folks that frankly can't act all that well and so to get somebody like katie sackhoff and uh you know james vanderbeek in this those are the two big names that everybody recognizes um it was a big coup and the and the special effects are just as good as you've seen any i mean you see like the opening couple shots i mean look like it's you know something from you know the halo live action stuff that they've done it's it's
1: of that quality um so it's done pretty well we should we should mention, I think, of course, for anybody who might not know exactly who were the people behind this, which is it was produced by Adi um, Shankar, if I'm saying that name right, who is the guy who produced movies like The Grey um, and uh, A Walk Along the Tombstones with Liam Neeson. And uh, it was directed by Joseph Kahn, who's a, he's best known as a music video director. He's done some stuff for Britney Spears and Taylor Swift, but he's also done some indie films that have gotten a lot of... Uh, Notoriety. He did a movie called Torque, which was um, uh, kind of like a Fast and the Furious kind of thing with motorcycles. And then he did uh, the movie Detention, which I haven't seen. But I understand it's kind of almost kind of like his take on a sort of like Scott Pilgrim sort of thing. So yeah. these are people who are professionals in the Hollywood industry. So they had the, the talent and the resources to to throw at something like this above your average fan film, quote unquote.
0: Oh, exactly. I mean, I do wonder what the budget for this was. I would say it probably neared, neared a million, if not uh because it's it looks it looks to be of at least that quality to me unless a lot of people work pro bono which is which is quite possible um and and we've seen people do some big stuff for for little amounts of money uh but at the end of the day, I always like to say uh you know you could give you know an Ari Alexa to you know a ten year old and she's gonna shoot something that looks like crap whereas you hand you know uh you know a first generation or second generation like iPhone to Steven Soderbergh and he's gonna put out something that looks great. It's all about the talent that's kind of behind it. And uh oh, having yeah. having the talent that was involved with this uh truly did kind of bring it to another level. Um so before we get into kind of like like the sort of the uh the controversy if you will uh what did you think about it overall? I mean I I'll I'll, I'll kind of start here actually because cause I think I know where you're yeah, gonna go. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um I thought yeah, you know, I kind of get where they were going with this, uh not having a huge uh backlog of Power Rangers information in the old brain database there. Uh it wasn't super uh recognizable a lot of different things. A couple of things I noticed uh you know were kind of throwbacks to older stuff. Um, but the idea that these Rangers have all kind of gone bad. So here's the IMDb logline. I want I'll just go ahead and read that. Well, no, it's, I thought it had a little bit more. To do this it just says a dark and gritty reimagining of a classic franchise. I thought it said a little bit more than that, but hell. Um, but it is kind of that. And I guess the Rangers have gone bad. I'll have you go into the story more. You can probably explain it far better than I could. Uh, but it, it's great. I think some of this. I th- honest to God, I think this is some of the best work we've seen from James Vanderbeek in a long ass time. <laughs> I was really surprised. I'm just like, what the, wh- why is James Vanderbeek not in more movies? This was, this is yeah. doing really well. I like that. I mean, I, I thought, man, he's just got to get the right material. And Lord knows who thought it would be Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So bizarre. Um, I thought most of it was really well done. Uh, some of the fight choreography was a little bit lame, but I mean, you can point to that in a lot of Power Rangers stuff too. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. You know, it's that little hit and miss type stuff. Uh, But overall, I got to say, I was pretty impressed. Um, It did kind of go to the, you know, the gritty level. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, um, people are down on that a lot these days. I mean, we talked about in uh, the last episode of the film Find about how Matthew Vaughn has kind of uh, said, uh, you know, I don't want anything. You know, everybody's tired of the uh, grittification of these movies and stuff, especially like superhero films. And I'd I'd say that this falls in kind of sort of that realm uh, to a degree. Oh, yeah. but you know we need more light we need more lightheartedness and and lord knows power rangers were that they were bright they were shiny they were happy they were just like you know people were fighting but you never really saw any you know people just die die you know uh not not like you saw in this flick um but but what were your thoughts overall i mean I'm just just starting out
1: um
0: i mean from you know, a from a movie perspective
1: thoughts, yeah i mean my thoughts were you know to to be quite honest it was one of those sort of things where i i had no idea what i was going into i had no idea what to I- expect i didn't know who had produced it or directed it when I just clicked on it on Facebook and started watching it. And honestly, I was about like 20 seconds in and, you know, it's, it's, it's point of view, it's shaky cam. It's a gray color palette. It I, I see, you know, a shot of of Rangers carrying, um, you know, uh, automatic machine guns that look like they came out (laughs) of Starship Troopers and I mean, within those first twenty seconds I was like, What is this bullshit? You know?
0: <laughs> I really thought that was an odd choice. I was just like, I don't think I've ever I was like, I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen them with guns.
1: I mean, not not real guns, you know. Yeah. I mean they'll have like laser guns, yeah, you know. Something, something like something. that. Something but they're not <laughs> I mean these were like military grade, like actual hardware. Yeah. You know, that was weird. And you know, and I, I kept watching and you know, you come up on that like that first scene that you're talking about where you see like the the robots and the monsters fighting in the background and you're kind of like oh wow that's that's impressive you know these people must have had some money and then it keeps going and then you know the actual actors start showing up and as far as the whole thing overall goes um you know like you said i mean it's very good production values it's it's well acted um i actually would disagree with you i was actually quite impressed by some of the fight choreography one of the first moments that i thought in the film which was truly cool was actually that fight that the Black Ranger has with those North Korean gangsters where he did that whole little move where he like, you know, morphed and threw his helmet and it like sucker punched that one guy and then came back and snapped on his head and I was like that was I'd like to see that in an actual Power Rangers production. I I like that it's just there
0: was a couple of shots within there that I was just like that was a bad just like I'm talking like in fairly quick shots where I'm just like that was a bad shot choice I don't know why you didn't take that out I didn't know why you took like there's just a handful of shots that I'm just like you could have covered this better or left those out and it would have it would have made more it would have it wouldn't have looked as um Fan filmy, if you will,
1: and 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 there that there might have been something to that because I know IGN did a commentary on this, and I, I listened to that, and they said something in there about how, like I don't know, the film didn't have like you know the budget for an actual fight coordinator or something. So again, they were working against certain limitations. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I I can see where you're coming from. But overall, I don't know. I mean, by the by the time the whole thing was said and done, and it was over. Um, you know, I was just kind of sitting there, and it was just—it was weird for me. It—it it wasn't Power Rangers. I didn't understand what I had just watched, and I—I I didn't really enjoy it. You know, I—I I didn't understand, you know, why they had made this or what the point was, except to try and take Power Rangers, and it seemed like get as far away from the idea of Power Rangers as possible. You know, because there were, and and yeah, so I—I I was not—I was not a particular fan of it myself. So. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and and that's the thing, and I, and I can understand where people are coming from for some things, and th- there is a large case of uh you know going gritty for gritty's sake, and and I'm not going to say that there's not some of that in here, but at the same time, I mean, because l- let me ask you this, because this is something that I saw that you you'd mentioned online, is this that Power Rangers, as as we mentioned earlier, is a thing that was you know designed and showcased for children. And this is obviously not something for kids. I mean, it's it's fairly, I mean, we'll, we'll say it's probably PG-13 rated. Uh, some people are saying R, but I'm like, what kind of fucking R-rated movies are you watching these well, days? Well,
1: actually, here's a good question for you real quick, Adam. What cut of this did you watch? Because Khan actually released two cuts of this. There is like a PG-13 cut, and then there's an R cut. And the R cut is what was on Vimo and got pulled down pretty early on in the morning. Maybe, I, I don't, well, I, I don't know. Well, that the, the real, the real the simple question is, was there tits in yours? Oh, God, no. If I would have, okay.
0: okay. Okay, well, I'm going to go and track that down. I know it's got to be on uh, nefarious sites.
1: What I saw early on Tuesday morning was the R cut, and there was was, um, a lot more swearing. There was a lot of use of fuck. There was a lot of blood splattered on the camera. There was Ah, tits. So, yeah, Damn
0: it. now I need to. OK, now I really need. To, OK, well, now my now my position's almost changed because I didn't see the proper one. I saw the PG-13 one because I'm like, what's everybody getting all up in arms? It's like they say a couple of swears and there's some and, you know, it's, it's a fucking gritty Power Rangers. OK, that's different. OK, yeah. You, you, OK, well, my my stance has almost changed a little bit. I want to see that now. I'm going to see that yeah. when we finish <laughs> uh, talking about this. But mm-hmm. OK, so, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, check that shit out now. Yeah. Because that's OK. That makes a whole lot of thing. Now I see what people were kind of upset about. And they were just like, hey, that's not that's not my shit. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, and I mean, but but you're right. And that was, you know, that was kind of one of my things about it, um, you know, which was and, and, and what's what's interesting about this. This whole thing, you know, is um, again, is, you know, Joseph Kahn gave this interview to Hitflix about about making this, which was kind of like an exclusive that he granted them where, you know, he talked about the fact that. His motivation in going into this was to actually kind of, you know, poke fun at Hollywood for having this sort of perverse obsession with taking children's properties, whether it's stuff like Ninja Turtles or Transformers or, you know, Batman and all those things we can debate and argue about. You know, how much are they really children's properties? How much are they not? Power Rangers, again, I think that there's less wiggle room around because you're talking about a franchise that's only like 20 years old. And has always very obviously been exclusively marketed to and for children, um, you know. But you know, of taking these kinds of properties and making them into these action movies for adults, you know, where they throw in all kinds of vulgarity and excessive violence and sexuality and things that don't really seem to be of any service to the story, they're just put on display to try and like up the edge factor. You know, it's like we're just going to have tits in here because we can or we're just going to have like, you know, the the Power Rangers doing like lines of coke because <laughs> we can, um, you know, and it, it doesn't really it doesn't really benefit or, or have anything other than it seems to to make it more mature, which is bizarre, because I think if you think about that, it's actually the least mature way of trying to show maturity um, in storytelling is to to throw in those kinds of, you know, quick you know, gotcha sort of elements that'll get you an R or, you know, a, a, a strong PG-13 rating from the MPAA, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was something definitely about it that sort of struck me. Um, you know, that that was apparently part of Khan's point in doing this, and that's what I think is kind of so bizarre about it, is the fact that a lot of people... Um, Seem to have have missed that, you know, and <laughs> there's been a large reaction from a lot of people, in which they're like, this is awesome. You know, where where can I sign up for this Power Rangers movie? <laughs> and in a way, it's like they've become like the punchline of Khan's joke now by doing that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and, there, and there's a lot of that stuff around. I mean, that's why, you know. Uh, we talked about it when uh, we reviewed American Sniper. like there's a lot of assholes that watch that movie and just go, Yeah, I want to go kill me some Muslims now. It's like, not the fucking point of that movie. Yeah. And uh, and so, but so, yeah, sometimes the joke does become a thing. There are people who unironically watch Team America World Police and go, Yes, America, fuck yeah. And it's like, You're not in on what this is about. Yeah. And, uh, but that, I mean, that's an interesting aspect that the, that's something that he was actually going for. And, uh, um, I don't know. I mean I, I think it's I think it's an interesting idea but you you are right. I mean the biggest thing that it comes down to is like you did this it's it's cool for what it is even though it's not exactly that but uh to what
1: end? Right. That's like, to, the biggest thing. To what thing. end does this does this really benefit anybody, you know? And um and I think that's that's what's interesting also about it in terms of um of the franchise as a whole is cuz does it actually benefit power rangers as a brand as a franchise you know does it benefit the story in any way um you know and, and it's like i i don't have anything against sort of of dark or serious storytelling including in children's medium you know and and in power rangers defense you know it has over time occasionally done rather dark stories you know as the as the franchise i think has matured and as it's gone along Um, They've been willing to take more risks since they have more capital. And if you watch some later seasons like Lightspeed Rescue or Time Force um, or uh, Lost Galaxy, they would have characters die. They would have characters come close to death. They would deal with, you know, various problems. And I think that good children's media does that. You know, I'm a Mm -hmm. big supporter of, of children's movies that deal with issues like, you know, Lost or you know, tragedy or things, you know, I mean, I love, uh, I loved a uh, big hero six, you know, because it was a movie that dealt with these issues of, you know, what do you do when someone you love dies? And, you know, do you, do you seek revenge? And is that the appropriate action to take, you know, or a movie like how to train your dragon, which I thought was very ballsy for the fact that it, you know, had a protagonist where they, they crippled him by the end of the movie, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a way of saying, like, this is what happens. Like, if you go out there and you want to fight the good fight, you might end up getting hurt in a really serious way, and that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a character like Hiccup in How to Train Your Dragon gives kids who might, you know, be, you know, a um, uh, handicapped in some way now, a hero to look up to, and I'm all for that kind of stuff, especially in children's media, and I think that's, you know, very dark, very serious material to deal with, um, and it, it shows a level of sophistication and maturity that is is leagues ahead of just, again, throwing like nudity and blood and drugs at the screen, you know, in an, a, and swear words in an attempt to try to be more mature, more grown up. So which I yeah. think we see too much of nowadays.
0: No, you, you're absolutely correct. There's a lot of just like it, it is it's, it's we do it because we can and that's it. Um, but well, let me ask you this. Let's, let's take it down to, to the PG 13 level one that I saw that, uh, um, yeah. now what if we put out something like that? Cause obviously now I'm, str- I've been streaming in the background here. I have just been kind of, uh, watching. So, and I, I see a couple of the, yeah, it's definitely a bit more bloody. There are some boobs and stuff in it and whatnot. Uh, definitely a bit more, a bit more graphic than the other one. Uh, but yeah, if you do, um, if you did a PG 13 one, maybe even drug it back 20 percent from what that was i mean what what would your thoughts be on putting something like that out and and because i when i saw that i was just like uh kind of the pg-13 cut i'm like well, outside of a couple of different things you could probably show that to most you know 12 to 15 year olds and they probably would think it's pretty cool yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe you don't want to hit too much into the drug factor, but maybe some of them going down, you know, incorrect paths from what these from what they were previously and stuff. Get a couple of the innuendos and things out like that, but uh, just I, I don't know. I think I think the biggest I mean, problem, in a good way, I guess, is that the thing looks so damn good. If this were just like a shitty fan made film that was made for like twenty thousand dollars at the most, and you know. Uh, it, the cinematography was just crap, and there were people that we'd never even heard of before in this. It, it, I don't think it would have hit nearly as well as this did, um, and and no one would care. But I think because it has a level and a quality with which that's so high, I think that's what's really getting people's you know kind of radar up a little bit with this. And you know it what, it has been quoted as the you know the 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 Power Rangers movie you you didn't know that you needed or some such nonsense um but i i don't know i watched that enough and i'd go if i saw if there was like a pg thir- pg13 version of that out i might go watch that
1: i mean i think i think that a point that should be made is that honestly the the way that the the hollywood system works is that if you put you know if you get talented people behind a movie and you put recognizable stars in it and it's a brand name that people know even if it's a brand name from childhood people will come out to see it, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. there are, you, you had people who, you know, prior to 2007 said that the idea of like a live action Transformers movie was something that would never actually work. And you got the right people involved and you got stars that at the time, like Shia LaBeouf and stuff, were popular. Um, you know, and you had Steven Spielberg's name on it as a producer and Michael Bay directing it. and And people know the name Transformers. That's a brand with a, a lot of history you know people came out and watched it and it's turned into this massive multi-billion dollar franchise you know to the surprise of, of probably <laughs> a lot of naysayers and oh, yeah. i think the same thing is true for something like this it's that and and you're seeing this on a very small scale like you said it's, if you get you know good production values you get actors that people recognize you know you you hit the right kind of notes it doesn't matter that it's power rangers people will come out and they'll be like oh yeah I want to see that. Um, what I think might be a little bit more more interesting, though, is if the movie had been perhaps a bit more faithful or a bit more sincere. Because one of the things that I think is interesting is that I know in the uh, IGN commentary, they mentioned that from where they were sitting, the biggest complaint they had heard from people who were in favor of it was they didn't like the very end when... Um, Rita Repulsa, the villain from the original Power Rangers, shows up yeah. at the end. No, you're, they, you're
0: not wrong. That kind of, that costume was jank. Uh, I, I will definitely, oh, yeah. that was no, like, that was pretty bad.
1: The costume that she's wearing is terrible, um, you know, but I I wonder if it, if it's so much just the costume or the fact that they suddenly threw in this element that was very kind of, you know, you know, a, a callback to, you know, the the actual sort of more campy roots of the series, the fact that they've got this villain, because the, the tone of this thing is almost something more like Blade Runner, you know? And this doesn't seem to be the kind of world where, like, magic or, or supernatural stuff of that caliber exists, and then suddenly at the very end, kind of out of left field, you know, we have, oh, and by the way, everything you've seen for the last 40 minutes was all because this space switch was pulling the strings from behind the scene. Yeah. Um and it it makes me think about like the difference, you know, and this could be a completely different conversation, but I I feel like this is a somewhat relevant point because I t- often talk to people about the difference between um, you know, the Transformers movies and how successful they were versus the much more lukewarm success of uh Del Toro's Pacific Rim. Yeah. And the fact that Del Toro made a movie that was much more sincere and faithful to the kind of giant robot anime fighting genre than anything that Michael Bay has yet to do in four Transformers films, mm-hmm. you know? And and you can kind of see a polar opposite reaction from people where, you know, on the one hand, the Transformers movies do really well because you might not care about giant robots fighting each other, but you like Mark Wahlberg or you like zany comedy or you like military action thrillers and the michael bay transformers movies have all that kind of stuff in them and then there's giant robots for the kids and the fanboys and those people whereas with pacific rim if you're being honest that was a movie that said well we've got giant robots punching monsters do you have anything else no we have giant robots punching monsters. we
0: got some slight kind of backstory for stuff but it's not you know And, and there's not like you know charlie hunnam's not a name that puts asses in seats
1: it's not yeah and that's that's kind of something about like like with power rangers that interests me because you know like one like we were talking earlier about how cool that fight scene with those north korean gangsters were but honestly as like a fan of power rangers one of the things i was sitting there waiting for that didn't happen was that when you know he he knocks out all of the black suit guys and there's that one like lead gangster who's in the white suit and he starts fighting him and i actually was totally sitting there going all right when's the dude in the white suit turn into a monster yeah because that's a staple of power rangers is that they fight monsters and i just kept going it's like it's like he's got to be like some space monster right who's like run this north korean gangster thing i was like i kept waiting for like horns to pop out of his head or something and it it never happened and i just went oh that's disappointing and i wonder if but but for, for, for people who aren't as big a fans of it, as aren't as invested and who want more traditional action movie stuff, if that had that happened, would that have been another beat where a lot of people went, oh, I'm not as into this.
0: No, you're right. I mean, it's it was uh, is quite the coin that they could have tossed right there. And it really could have gone either way for that. Uh, But I'll agree. That is one of the big things that I thought was was kind of missing in this for something that has the long lineage of, you know, these kind of big monsters and stuff fighting each other. uh, We didn't have any of that. And uh, now, granted, to really do that and do it. and, And I think the reason that they didn't do it was because it takes a shitload of money to do that. And oh, yeah. um, with this, uh, with, with the budget that they had, they're like, well, we want to make this look as good as we can, but if we throw this in there, it's not going to match the quality of this. It's like those, it's like an asylum film where it's just like you cut to something that's like, well, that looks really bad. Uh, so I'm sure they were like, well, we don't want to do that. So I, I think it was a smarter move overall. I would have liked to see it, but it was a smarter move because if you'd have gone to something that looked, you know, 30 40 percent less of quality of than what you saw there it would have really taken you out of the whole thing altogether
1: yeah man and i agree with you and i i I imagine that was probably very much part of the reason for it the other thing is is still the fact that i i wonder if this had looked a little bit more like power rangers than it does would it have take would it have taken off as much as it does because right now it does in a lot of ways look like a rather you know generic high quality science fiction action movie um you know the, the only thing is about it and you know we haven't really talked a whole lot about what the story is in this movie or anything but you know the only things that you really get from it is that you know they use the characters names and they drop a lot of other um you know like references and terminology to things like they toss around the machine empire and stuff which I thought was interesting because again people who I know who watch this who are not really big Power Ranger fans I had some of them coming to me afterwards and going what's what's the machine empire and I was like they're the villains from the fourth season from Power Rangers Zeo and everyone's like I don't remember that <laughs> I wasn't watching it still by that point and I thought that was that was interesting because the machine imp- because you don't really see anything in this movie that even looks like the machine empire from from Power Rangers. And that's kind of again a very sort of safe choice in terms of the fact that we see lots of movies all the time with evil robots. Terminator, Matrix, iRobot, you know, Chappie coming out next month. Mm-hmm. You know. It felt, again, like they went with something that, you know, you could very much ease people into as opposed to, you know, saying again, like, well, you know, we we lost the war to an evil space witch. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I, and, and overall, I thought it's just like, you know, it, it was cool seeing the Power Ranger type stuff in there. It made it kind of interesting. But uh, I think you're right. At the same time. You could have taken all that out, and it would have been at least an interesting enough, you know, science fiction film. It wouldn't happen to have that. It's just you kind of throw in your Power Ranger stuff in there. I mean, that's kind of what he was going for overall, uh, as as far as you know, a feel to everything. Um, I think he accomplished it. I mean, if if this indeed was the goal that he set out for with with making this film is to prove this point, then, then aces he did it. Oh yeah, he did it. He did it in spades. So.
1: Yeah, and as far as your your other question about do I think that this could work with you know with actual Power Rangers, you know, even like a PG-13 version. I guess a question I have for you is um have you ever seen either of the Guyver movies? Um I I think that's I've heard of them but I don't think I've seen them. So so that, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um and I wouldn't necessarily tell you to go watch the first one because that's kind of complicated. But um, not the movie itself, but why that movie looks and feels the way it does. But there are these two films, Giver and Giver Dark Hero, that came out in the early 90s. And they were directed by a guy named Steve Wong, who's uh, he's done a few little projects, but he's mostly known as a special effects star. So he worked for Stan Winston for years, but he's the guy who helped to designed the original predator costume and he worked on the werewolf suits and the underworld movies and he did some of the effects work in the uh the blade films but he's um he's um taiwanese i believe i hope i'm right about that he's taiwanese and uh he's a big fan of japanese superhero stuff and so in the early 90s he tried to do a kind of um, well, there there are actually some reviews. I think Variety called Guyver an R-rated Power Rangers, actually. He tried <laughs> to bring this over. And the like I said, the first film, which is just called Guyver, is actually much kind of more silly and lighthearted in tone because he ran into a lot of problems with the studio where they didn't really understand the kind of movie he was trying to make. But if you watch the second one, Guyver, A Dark Hero that is basically a much straightforward kind of action movie and it is very much it, i believe it actually is rated r it's like an r rated power rangers and it's very dark and it's very serious um but it doesn't again have any of the kind of things that you see in like the r rated version of joseph Kahn's fan film here there's some blood there's some violence you know there's i think that's mostly what it got the R4 is, is some of the fight scenes with the, uh, the superhero fighting monsters. He, he snaps one monster's fingers off, he shoots another's eyes out, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, I, I bring that up in part because one of the things that's sort of fascinating about this that a lot of people don't know is Steve Wong, because of those two Guyver films, was actually Saban's first choice to direct the Power Rangers movie that came out in '95. They approached him and asked him, because they were impressed with Guyver, to do Power Rangers. And he was, for I believe about three weeks, he said, the director on the film. And he said that what happened was he simply could not come to an agreement with the uh, producers about tone, about style, about what they wanted to do with this. And in all fairness, if you ever do any research into the 95 Power Rangers movie, it's honestly fascinating because that movie was such a clusterfuck um, <laughs> that it's amazing they even have anything on film because it really feels like nobody knew what they were doing making that movie. But, um, you know, it. I, I think that that's interesting. And, and Juan did kind of get a, a chance t- uh, later on to come back because he worked on uh, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, that season of the show. And he directed some episodes and did some effects work for them. And he later in 2009 did the C, uh, show that was on um, CW, I think, for a little while. Their their Saturday morning block, Common uh, Rider Dragon Knight, which was also an adaptation of a Power Rangers kind of superhero show for an American audience. And he definitely has a sort of older sensibility. And I think that if you put him in the director's chair of something like this and gave him free rein he would produce very much a a strong PG-13 Power Rangers or something that would would work in the sense that i think older fans could get behind it but you would also it wouldn't be the kind of thing where you would feel bad bringing your children to it yeah exactly so, There's, Hmm. you know, I I recommend, you know, if people want an example of what I'm talking about to try and track down the DVD for uh, Guyver, Dark Hero. The first Guyver is worth tracking down if you want to see Mark Hamill turn into a giant cockroach monster, because that happens in that movie. Why would I not want to do that? Who wouldn't want to see (laughs) that? So that is actually, that is the one reason to watch the first Guyver. Otherwise, (laughs) the first Guyver is kind of tonally a mess, but... Um, the second one is, is really where it's at, but Mark Hamill does turn into a giant cockroach monster at one point.
0: So, um, I want to get real quick into, uh, just kind of like, so, so uh, like the original, like R-rated version was taken down on Mevio. I heard something like, now, and you can
1: correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, was that a Saban thing, supposedly? From From what, I've heard, um, and, and, and read in some news stories, apparently, uh, vimeo did say that they were issued a um a, a, a removal uh issue by saban and that was their reason for it and joseph Kahn has apparently confirmed that because he posted a series of uh he made a series of tweets the other day um basically slamming mostly vimo for for he thought being cowards and not supporting artists rights but also um you know, providing his fans with Saban's contact info and stuff, and saying, you know, tell them to stop harassing me. So, yeah, yeah. I believe that that was a part on Saban.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta yell at me, uh, Vimeo, for this because guess what? That's under parody. This is all under parody law. This is uh, now granted. Parody doesn't mean you're just making fun of something, uh, so it's not doesn't have to be you know uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, <laughs> right? But um, it, it's it's under parody law. So that I mean that's clearly what this is, and especially if if con if this is exactly what he's what he set out to do is what he what he did with this, uh, then clearly clearly this is just a a parody of this thing. Um, they're not making money off of this. They're not selling DVDs, though. I guarantee, you fucking, will find these over on at a con. You go to oh, any, yeah, you go to any comic con this year, you're gonna find one of those. Um, oh, yeah. uh, and I, I might get one. I don't know if if it's, <laughs> if it's priced well enough. Um, but. No, they. I don't know. They don't have, I don't think they have a leg to stand on. Now you said you saw somebody else who said that they may have had some legal stuff in this because I don't think I don't think Saban has a leg to stand on with this because this clearly just falls under parody law. They're not making any money off of it. They're not putting Saban's name on it. Power Rangers are v- outside of a couple of colory uh, costumes and stuff. They ain't even mentioned. I mean, like I barely you barely hear the word Power Ranger in this thing at all.
1: But it is titled Power Rangers.
0: Be that as it may, so um, is it just titled the, Power Rangers, or is it, it? It should be. They should have t- maybe titled it a little something else.
1: Yeah, Might put a little subtitle um, on there. What What I've seen is um, is there were uh, some comments made by an an individual named Elisa Ashby, so who is a uh, she as a contributor to the website Sci-Fi Japan, and she has her own podcast, uh, Low Visibility, where she talks about this kind of Japanese superhero stuff. And I consider her to be a very uh, reliable source of information. And Sci-Fi Japan has been very good over the years about covering um, legal disputes concerning some of this sort of stuff, most notably the ongoing fight between uh, Subraya Productions, the creators of Ultraman, and uh, certain other parties who claim that they have a right to that character. But that's a different issue. But she put out some comments on Facebook the other day that I saw, um, where she said that from her understanding, yeah, this is, this is parody. This is um, covered under fair use. You know, that's not the problem. The, the argument that Saban could make, however, is that um, because they use the term power Rangers, because they use character names, because they use um, like Rita and, uh, and Tommy and various other things, those are trademarked. Those are trademarked terms. And that is curious because again, Um, The producer of this, Adi Shankar, he's done other other of these kinds of elaborate fan films before. And the one that he did before this was a a Punisher fan film based off of the Marvel character. But he didn't call that Punisher. He called it Dirty Laundry. And it was the sort of thing where it was just, you know, fans who watched that. And then they went, oh, this is actually about the Punisher. Mm -hmm. And then they circulated it amongst, you know, forums and online and everything But it wasn't called Punisher. But in this case, for some reason, they thought it would be okay to just actually call this Power Rangers. And, you know, her speculation, um, Ashby's speculation was that possibly, you know, Shankar didn't bother to actually look into whether or not, you know... Power Rangers was an ongoing thing and and he did a video where he talked about producing this and he does seem to be somewhat under the impression that Power Rangers was something that disappeared back in the early 90s.
0: Well, for some folks it was. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, he he might not be aware that he is actually taking on, you know, between Saban and the Japanese company that they licensed the footage from Toei, you know, he's taking on two multi-billion dollar companies potentially. Um, The other argument that she made that I thought was also really interesting is that Saban, you know, did strike a deal last year, I think, with Lionsgate to have a new Power Rangers movie out for summer of 2016. Mm -hmm. And the argument that you could make there is that them putting out this short um, is potentially both confusing people and damaging the brand of Power Rangers as being something fan-friendly or family-friendly. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you've seen other uh, other studios play at before as well on a different degree. Because I know, for example, like when uh, DC announced that... Uh, or I heard that when DC was getting ready to announce that they were doing a Batman versus Superman movie, one of the first tip-offs that some people got was that they were actively going around uh, DC and Warner Brothers and buying up, like, domain names (laughs) and um, stuff from uh, fans, you know, that had, like, Batman versus Superman, just to make it possible that when they got ready to actually release this, nobody else had anything else that was called Batman versus Superman out that they did not have control over. Oh, yeah. Because they wanted to avoid that kind of brand confusion. You know, you don't want to be go- – you know, they don't want people going to, like, Joe Blow's, you know, Batman versus Superman website. They want you to be going to DC Warner Brothers' Batman Superman website. Yeah. And it could be the same sort of thing here. It's like Gate and Saban don't want people watching this and thinking this is going to be the Power Rangers movie or, you know – or parents watching this and thinking, oh, my God, I'm not taking my children to the Power Rangers movie. There's drugs and tits in this. Or maybe yeah.
0: they'll think, boy, but, hey, there's something for everybody here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I'll go. We'll uh, go to this, son. It'll, yeah.
1: It, it'll be an interesting kind of, um, uh, you know, issue to, to watch. But, again, I'm not. I I know nothing really about actual copyright law or anything. So I'm not. You know, I, think copy- any- I
0: think copyright. You're, I think copyright-wise, they're fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, even calling it Power Rangers, they probably should have called it something else. That was a little bit of a fuck up, I think there. But I, I think I think where you get into, like like you said, the damaging of the brand and some other things like that. I think that's where, if anywhere, that's where they'll get them. But I think overall just parody law should trump all of this it'll be very interesting to see which which direction this goes um and frankly i'd like it go i'd like it to go towards the filmmakers because if it doesn't it's going to set a bad precedent for fan films and fan films are cool Uh, even, even the crappy ones are sometimes fairly interesting to watch Um. So, I think if it went to this, people are really gonna all of a sudden, you know, they're gonna shrink back a little bit from doing fan films, and yeah, stifling people's art and creativity is not a good thing, Uh, even if it's you know subpar. Um, But uh, so, wrapping up real quick. Um. Now, now you mentioned that the they have the uh, the the new movie coming in twenty sixteen. Now, I know it's not going to be this. This is this is clearly much true. We all know this. But do you think in any possible shred of of a possibility. You can give me a percentile if you want. <laughs> what if any percentile difference do you think that th- or or difference influence change whatever you'd like to call it that this short might have upon that 2016 movie?
1: Um well, it has influence what I would I would like and might be some of my own personal fan bias talking right here. But what I would like to think that this the, the influence of this short fan film might have on this based on Saban's current reaction is the fact that it it would be an indication that they are actively going to steer away from any sort of Transformers, Ninja Turtles, Michael Bay kind of uh, you know, Zack Snyder with with Man of Steel sort of aesthetic with this, and they are going to try to keep it more in the realm of something you know family friendly um you know you know good for everybody while at the same time i think trying to make trying to make a film that will you know appeal to both children and adults you know it's it's interesting that they went and they partnered with lionsgate on this and when they did their initial press conference saban's reason for lionsgate was because lionsgate is the people that have been responsible for stuff like the hunger games
0: Yeah. I mean, Lions Gates has really like gone out from the, uh, you know, the the just producing Saul.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was that was their reasoning was because they've done stuff like, um, you know, the 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 Hunger Games and uh, and other sort of young adult action franchises that have been, you know, really, you know, incredibly popular and incredibly successful. And they seem to know how to deal with, you know, that that kind of borderline where. You know, you can take a kid to see The Hunger Games, you know, it, it's a little dark, it's a little scary, but there's nothing in there that maybe is going to give them, you know, nightmares or nothing that you really don't want them to see, and lots of adults like The Hunger Games movies as well, yeah. you know, um, you know, my my parents like those movies more than I do, so... <laughs> And and, you know. and
0: and Lionsgate has, and that's the big thing about them is they have a fantastic PR department over at Lionsgate. They, they know how to get the word out there about movies and uh, even movies that people wouldn't really normally go see. I, I think Fault in Our Stars was a Lionsgate film, if memory serves. Uh, so, you know, they, they know what they're doing over there. Uh, So so no doubt of that. If I can say anything to Saban, I don't think that they need to take too much of a key off of this. Though seeing something that would be the tone of Hunger Games for a Power Rangers movie would be interesting. Uh, Keep it at that level. You know what I mean? I I don't think you're going to do it. Um, I I would say the percentile would maybe be 2%, (laughs) something very astronomically low, because it'll be mentioned on the set, no doubt. Uh, but if I could say anything to Zabon or whoever the hell is in Lionsgate and whomever's uh, putting stuff into this, the only thing that I would ask, and this is coming from a guy who's not really a fan, who, you know, uh, outside of the fact that I have Movie Pass and I go to see everything anyways, because uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it costs me anything, same way Netflix Instant doesn't cost you anything, quote-unquote, um, right. I, I would probably go see it anyways. But outside of that, if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't plunk down eight bucks to go see it. But uh, just do us all a favor. Spend a little bit of extra money on a cinematographer. Get a nice DP in there. Get somebody. That's to me. That's the biggest problem with all these. I mean, I think the fight choreography is okay enough. Uh, if they if they up the budget enough, if if Lionsgate you know pumps enough money in their pockets for this, uh, the CGI might be good enough. Uh, they may just do suit. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. I haven't seen Power Rangers in fifteen plus years, so I, I couldn't fucking tell you. But, um. Yeah, I I just, I just don't just get a better cinematographer. That's that's the big thing to me. It's like because half of these things, that's my problem with Power Rangers. That it just looks so flat, and it's just the lighting is so undynamic. It's just that's the only thing that kind of bores me about about this program and and stuff. And I just I, I hope they go a little bit above and beyond. Make it cinematic, damn it! Don't make it like look like I'm watching a giant like a ninety minute Power Rangers episode on the big screen. Make it like I'm watching a fucking movie, you know.
1: I, I think that they'll probably do a good job, you know, and I mean, and the other thing to be said about whatever influence that this this film might have on the actual movie is, you know, uh, summer 2016 in, in terms of, you know, making a film is right around the corner. And yeah. they've already been at this for a little while. And we know that they already have their writers. They've they've definitely probably got, you know, a screenplay by this point. And they've got good writers, too. Um, it's it's Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz. Who's writing the Power Rangers movie for them? And those are the people who gave us um X-Men First Class. Yeah, well. So, you know, and um I, I think also the first um the first Thor movie. So, you know, I I was very happy with, you know, both of those pictures. So especially Thor actually, but um I like the Norse mythology stuff. But anyway, yeah, I, I think that I think if anything, you know. This will be in the long term, probably just like a drop in the bucket, and it'll actually probably be something that, you know, you know not even not even you know just three months down the road that you know, probably a lot of people won't even remember. so
0: Well, I'll, 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 I'll venture this. I, I think if anything else, this is probably going to give them I watch, I don't know, I don't know. Watch Power Rangers ratings go up.
1: Oh, yeah, watch, it'll, it,
0: watch it happen. It's going to get a spike.
1: They may, that's they may, first.
0: Saban may just go, thank you for giving us more money because that's what eventually this may do for them. I mean, there's a possibility. I mean, it's at least going to get people's ire up to just go, Well, oh, that's on fucking television. Let's go watch that. Let's at least watch an episode or something. People yeah, are going to watch mean, it.
1: That, and it it'll definitely give, you know, if anything, you know, it's, it's good publicity in the sense that it'll get people talking about this again and even for people like myself that didn't really care for it all that much it gives me an opportunity to talk to some people you know and to to recommend them other stuff because you know that's something that i've been doing you know is to saying to people it's like well you really liked that well you know what in japan they've actually been making like r-rated you know japanese superhero shows like this for a while there's a franchise over there that's been going on since 2005 called Um, Garo, that was from a guy, uh, Keita Amamiya, who actually originally started working on Super Sentai, the show Power Rangers is based on. And Garo is a show that it's very dark. There's tits, there's blood, there's suicide. You know, there's all that quote-unquote kind of edgy stuff. Granted, in that series, I think it's all used in service of the story. But, you know, that's something I've been doing, is I've just been telling people, you know, hey, you thought that was really cool? Why don't you go try and watch Garo? So,
0: yeah, I I think that's I think all that kind of stuff can bless that. And and that's why people need people like you in their life, man, (laughs) (laughs) to go and just be like, and and there's somebody that's like there that's out there for everything for like for movies, for comics, for all that kind of shit. Just go music. It's like, oh, you like that shit? Check. You got to check out this shit right here. And so uh, do that, people. If if somebody you know likes some stuff and that you know a little something else about, point them in another direction. There's a lot of people that aren't going to find stuff for themselves, and they have to be pointed out by other people who have that kind of knowledge. So if you have that knowledge, fucking impart that shit, people. All right, that's I think that's about it. I mean, I can't believe that yeah. that we we've talked about a 15 minute thing. This but no, it's very interesting, and I, I that's why I wanted you on here because I'm like, if anybody that I know knows about this stuff and will have a, a very strong opinion to know about it, it would be you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been fun. No, nah, so. dude, absolutely. So, is there anywhere where people can like uh, follow you on the
1: internet, Twitter, whatever? I mean, I'm on I'm on Facebook. You know, I'm you know you know just just regular kind of stuff. You know, I don't really I don't run a website currently or anything. I'm mostly just focusing on a lot of you know same stuff I told you back when we did Godzilla. You know, I mean, I've been published in a few places. You can look me up. You know, I've written for G Fan Magazine. I've written for. Um, you know Lovecraft Ezine I've got um work coming out in the Journal of the Fantastic of the Arts you know just that kind of stuff um you know a lot of writing I'm doing currently uh you know for different sorts of publication and you know maybe maybe in the future you know I I'm I'm kind of putting out some feelers you know to try and write some more stuff about um you know Power Rangers and and Super Sentai actually for some magazines that I know about so but nothing nothing yet Ah, but very cool
0: man very cool I, you yeah. listen take it from me i i think you could i think you could have a future in podcasting you're well you're well versed enough in this stuff and that's that's half of what you need in this world is just knowing what the fuck you're talking about and that, no, i agree with you that so, gets you yeah. that gets you that gets you three-fourths of the way through the door in my opinion talent takes the other bit but i'm telling you I, and i think you got enough of that because uh both both the shows that i've had you on you've, you've done fantastically well so uh that's it everybody uh so join us next week or actually in a couple of days at this point uh because this bonus episode thanks for joining us on this bonus episode it's talk a little bit about Power Rangers. And if you got here just because you typed in Power Rangers into iTunes and you wanted to check something out, first of all, thank you for listening this long. We really appreciate it. But this is a bonus episode of my full show, uh, The Film Find, and you can find everything at Filmfind.com. Subscribe to us. Uh, we've been going pretty strong here for quite some time. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing uh, Focus and uh, The Lazarus, Lazarus Effect, both movies that seem to be doing uh, fairly terrible uh, right now as far as ratings go. But we don't give a shit. We, we'll rate We'll watch anything. We don't care. Uh, so we're going to be reviewing those next week. Uh, listen to my other podcast, Here Movie Podcast at heremoviepodcast. dot com. Uh, this week we're going to be ending up uh, the end of Agent Carter. So Agent Carter just wrapped up and everything, so we're going to be reviewing that as well, dropping that on Monday. So I've got two other things for you folks to listen to. So if you like this, if you enjoy this kind of conversation and stuff, head over to the Film Find, head over to moviepodcast.com. All the links are up there for everything. So that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this bonus episode. For Justin Mullis. I'm Adam Porteous. Take it easy, everybody. Go, go.